This is Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. A podcast. Red Pub Pod. From Red Hog Publications. Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening out there in podcast land. What time it might be for you right now, but you're coming and listening to us live from the plush welded studios of Catawba Valley Community College. This is Red Pub Pod Special Edition. Special Yay. edition, yes. I'm here with uh, uh, Patty Thompson, our uh, uh, person who says yes and no to manuscripts. Uh, I'm here with... <laughs> Angel and devil. <laughs> with Melanie Zimmerman, who is the person who takes said manuscripts and makes them readable and printable. Uh, I'm Robert Knipe, and we're also here with the big kahuna, Richard Eller. Yay. Who... When we figure out what it is he does, we will let you know. Right, we'll yeah. put it on our. Actually, he holds the whole thing together. To so. be determined. <laughs> <laughs> and we have decided to try to entertain you today. We've got some new publications coming out. Um, we, we're looking for certain publications out there, so we want to talk to you about that. I thought this was the holiday edition. Is it the holiday edition? Well, look, all right out there for, for you folks out there in podcast land, it is, it is our holiday edition of Red Pub Pod. So uh, somebody shake some jingle bells or shaky jingle bells or something. <laughs> Which actually means we're here to look at the end of 2023 and the beginning of 2024 to let you, the reader, know what you should be anticipating and or purchasing for your Christmas holiday list. And we're going to give Robert enough time to think about what incentive he'll give you in terms of a holiday discount. Not putting you on the spot, Robert, but, you know, that's what folks are going to want to know. But the other thing is I I suspect we're all a little giddy because it is getting towards the end of the year. And we have done naturally more than we should have this year. Um, but that said, it's it's been a really exciting year, guys. I'm really, really proud of what we've done and what we still have to do between now and the end of the year. Did we publish a book a week this year as we did the year before? Man, I, I'm going to have to check out on that one. I hope not. I don't think so. I don't think, I don't think like we're quite so. at that pace, no, but we're still no. pretty... Um, We've been pretty prolific. We did a really, really big job with uh, the Clarence B. Jones book. We put out, we put it out as a hardcover, as a national distributed book, and we did two special editions for two different nonprofits, and those were a couple thousand copies per nonprofit. So that book alone caused us. Uh, I don't know. It caused my blood pressure to go up quite a bit. Lots of my hair to fall out and. Uh, <laughs> Gave us a much higher profile in the uh, national press, and so yeah, yeah, it, it's, been, the, it's been a good book for us. Put the program on the map, and uh, the greatest thing about it is right now at the University of uh, San Francisco, they've got their copies. They're going to teach it in the school. So, how many copies was that, Patty? We mailed out there a couple thousand bunches. Um, you're talking USF? USF, um, yeah, boy. San Francisco. Gosh, I think it, in the end it ended up being maybe 2,000. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So so the students out there have a, yeah. have a special uh, copy of the book just for them that has got a special forward by Dr. Jones in it. So we were able to do that along with everything else. So uh, we've got a bunch of books, a bunch of poets that are up for awards. Yeah, it is award season, folks, and that's one of the things that we've been kind of busy on. Um 
We've got several books up with the North Carolina Historical Society of Historians. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, the North Carolina Historical Association. Yeah. The one that's based in Raleigh, it's actually a a state division that gives um, awards. So we've got, of the 12 books that are nominated for the poetry division alone, Six are Red Hawk publications. Wow. We better win something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Stuff the ballot box on that one. That's right. And then uh, Richard, your well-crafted is in the nonfiction category. Yeah. Um, Austin Allrand's uh, novel is in the fiction category. The Legend of the Isle of Cats. Yeah. So yes. I, I keep looking at that, wondering when they're going to make their decision on who wins the, the, the various categories. But that's been a big one that I'm looking forward to getting some results from them hopefully and I, soon. And I just mailed nominations right before we sat down to do this yeah. so for Michael Loderstedt's book, Why We Fished. And, Joan and for Joan uh, Boroskova's. Uh, Orange, Orange tulips. tulips. Yeah. Yes. So, that, Joan, if you're listening, we still love your book. Well, I'll tell you what. That Nina Riggs Poetry Award, which is based out of the Nina Riggs Poetry Foundation in Greensboro, North Carolina, has a, a very niche award for poems that have to do with family and family dynamics. And so, Michael Loderstedt, thank you, who brought that to us uh, to our attention. We nominated his book. And since you can go uh, – you can – Nominate books going back as far as three years. We know nominated Joan as well because her book Orange Tulips is just enveloped in family dynamics. So I chose three poems that should make them weep. <laughs> so again, um, I'm, I think there's several winners in that category, and each get a minimum of a thousand bucks. So hey, that's a good thing. I hope I hope someone wins on that one from our and team. The, and the Pushcart Prizes nominations are going out. Yeah. All right, we're putting those together right now. Yeah, and by the way, if you're listening to this and um, you were not nominated for Pushcart, don't worry about it. I mean, it, it, next year, uh, so much more in 2024. Yeah, the bottom line is you just never know. <laughs> they say, what is it, Robert? Just being nominated for a Pushcart is. Yeah, just, it is an honor to just be nominated. All, yeah. all 16,000 uh, people nominated for Pushcarts. Yeah. Well. <laughs> uh, so we're giving it a shot that maybe some, some t- this year, maybe someone uh, of the six. Poets that we've nominated, hopefully, uh, one or two of them will be picked up for the anthology. Um, so, congratulations to those who have been nominated. You know who you are. Once we put them in the mail, we can make that official. It's been a busy year. Uh, Melanie, of, of the things you've worked on this year, what do you think is the most, what do you remember the most? Which, which project? Well, Jiminy Crickets. Um, well, working on your book and the Road His book were pretty good. And the Roadhouse book is still quite, quite doing quite well. I'm mm-hmm. sh- we're shipping out thirty copies today. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then finding, you know, working with some of the poets, and I found a new author accidentally in front of a pet store. Yeah, how did that happen? <laughs> um, well, Dave, my husband, and I were going to uh, Pets Plus in Beaumont. There's a plug for Pets Plus if you want to give us discounts. Give us a call. <laughs> um, and she was outside with her husband with her books, and I just walked right past her. I didn't even think anything about it. And Dave stopped and talked to her husband, and he said, let me go in, and when we come back out, we'll stop back by. Well, Dave didn't even think about it and started to walk away, and he said, hey, don't you want to come look at the books? And we turned around, and she was telling somebody, Terry uh, Parrott, who uh, is the author, said, uh, was telling somebody else, um, I'm really looking for a local publisher. And I said, I work for a local publisher. And so she uh, gave me a copy of her book, and she signed it for me, everything. And 
she wasn't treated very nicely by the people who published it, and it cost her a lot of money. And I said, give me your book. I said, send me your files and let me see what I can do with it. And we fixed her fixed her up, and she's she's got a proof right now, galley proof right now, that she's going over. And Angel, our work-study student, read the book and loves it and even gave me her notes on it. So now we found out that Angel has a second career as a <laughs> editor <laughs> and a proofer. And um, but it's a it's a really good book. It's called Frankie, and it's about a teenager growing up who finds out that um, she has a father somewhere, and the father may be her English teacher, but she doesn't know. Oh wow! Okay, now is this a series? Mm-hmm. It's a series from the Holly Springs. This will be the first, and then the second one is called Today and Tomorrow. And today and tomorrow happen to be her cousin or her friends. I think they're her cousins. Um, of hers that um, one was they're twins and one was born before midnight and one was born after midnight so their mo- their mother named them today and tomorrow and so <laughs> so the second edition is going to be about them and then the third one is supposed to be everybody comes back together for a Christmas uh, special I'm glad my parents didn't name me whoops that sounds interesting. And also, too, out there in podcast land, I always remember that if uh, if a press wants to charge you a lot of money to publish your book, you need to run in the opposite direction. Run right to Red Hawk Publications and talk to one of us. Uh, all of that stuff of layout and distribution and all of that stuff doesn't cost the author a thing through this program, and it should never cost anything through a standard or a traditional mm-hmm. publisher. These are vanity presses who who have menus, so avoid them. Don't let them take your money. Bring your stuff to us and let us help you with it. I got a phone call today, guys, um, from a woman who attended... Bethlehem Library had a, a, a reading with veterans, and Ken Harbert, who wrote Our, Li- Our Paths and Lives, he mentioned to a young woman that Red Hawk Publications is here. She called me. She's interested in us doing her children's illustrated book, and she asked, the first thing she asked is, how much does it cost? Yeah. And it's just it's surprising to me how many people think it should cost them money to publish. And we've had that so many times. I mean, think about Rick Vendette when he first uh, pitched his book to us that he'd already been considering that. And so many of them. I mean, that's kind of in the um, local press world throughout the United States. That's sort of become standard. You know, there's there's people making money on would-be authors. Yeah, and I guess that's one of the reasons why we may sometimes have to turn a book down. I mean, we can't do it all. Um, because we're not charging. Um, but that said, um, yeah, it is kind of scary that people might just think, oh, this it costs money to publish. Well, it could if you want to go in that direction, but that's not what a— Yeah, we're not pay-to-play no, like that. No, Yeah, it's one of those—there's a big difference in putting somebody in touch with an editor or somebody in touch with a graphic artist to design a cover— and that cost, you know, a couple of hundred dollars. There's a big difference between that and several thousand dollars to do those things. And then they not be up to par in the quality. I mean, I've seen some of the quality of some of these 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 books, and it's just sad. Yeah, it just it kind of broke my heart. Well, it, it did break my heart. I know how devastated she was because she, she bought like 100, 200 copies of the book, and she's selling them herself. She's out promoting herself. But there were... You know, they justification wasn't right. They didn't proof it. They didn't make any edits on it. Chapters were broken up with a page in between them. And 
you know, she felt like she was just stuck. And, I mean, she lost almost—it was over $5,000. Oh, my gosh. And I said, I said, give me that book. I'm going to take it, and I'm going to fix it for you. And you you took a look at it. Robert took a look at it. And, I mean, this is a book, I think, that's going to be—it's going to be a movie. I can see it being a series. And and there's been several times when clients have brought us books that, that I call rescue books. You know, they're books that have either been fouled up by one of these uh, one of these uh, five by night uh, pay for play people, or books that uh, you know they paid and they got nothing. I mean, we've had that happen, and we've gone ahead and done those books to uh, you know make that client's dreams realized, and also too to kind of get back at the the robbers that mm-hmm. would uh, take advantage of these folks because it's it's just kind of disgusting in a way that, uh, you know, people are done that way. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've said it before, but this is part of the college's mission to reflect the talent of the area. And you know we're going to be here, so we're not going to take advantage of you like some people will because they could just as easily go out of business after they've got people's money. We're part of the institution. We'll be here. We want to do right by you and make sure that your publication has the best chance of reaching an audience that, that we can give it. Exactly. So if you want to take a look at some of that product, just go to redhawkpublications.com. There, you know, as as of this recording, there is a fall 23 code on there. Now, you got to look on the landing page, and then when you check out, folks, look right below the buttons for the credit card, whether it's a click for a credit card, click for PayPal, because right below it is a little URL that lets you add the FALL23 or any of the other codes. You'll miss it if you blink, and that's not our fault. We didn't put that in there like that. There's just no way on the Equid site to fix it. I've written them about it to see if we could make something a little more prominent and, of course, haven't heard anything back. But, well, uh, I, I know if I want a discount, I will look hard enough to figure out where to put the Oh, I do it all the time. I look yeah. on, and, and sometimes they are hidden. Sometimes you got to go back a couple of pages even before you put your address in and go like, ah, there you are. There's the little link, and then it'll open up the box for you to put the thing in because some of them I think they want you to miss it, but we don't. We want you to use those codes because we put those codes out there for a reason. So, and, and if you have a problem, just write us. What is that code again? Fall twenty three. Fall twenty three. Capital letters F A L L and then two three. Okay. And uh, that's great. We, whenever we do another one, we'll always put it out on our Facebook page, our um, social media, social media, Instagram, Instagram. LinkedIn, we'll always X. put those codes on there. But finding the place to put it has sometimes been the problem, and it's always on that page that that you're deciding how you're going to pay, whether you're going to put in your credit card, whether you're going to use PayPal, or whether you're going to use, uh, I can't think what the third one is. I think the third one's Stripe or something like that. Right below that is a little URL that uh, you can click, and it'll open up the box for you to put the code in. So please use that. We We want you to. We want you to save. That saves you 25% right now. That fall twenty three and free shipping and free shipping. Oh, yeah, how do we I do know. This? How I do we do it? Well, folks? we don't. We don't. <laughs> I mean, we do do it, but yeah, but it's not. Yeah, sometimes yeah, it's yeah, not. Yeah. You know, we just had a recent one of our authors featured on the cover of the Hicker Day Record yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, Grayson. Um, Grayson Sigmund. Grayson Sigmund mm-hmm. with his book RPM Friends, and you know. 
I love mailing those comics out. But when you sit down and look at it from a business perspective, it's not smart because the comic's five bucks and it costs costs a lot to print because it's full color on glossy paper. And then when you do free shipping, we we actually don't do very well on that. But, but it's, not, it's out of love. But it is. It's to get Grayson's comic out there to you folks. So order it. I give you free media mail shipping. It's three dollars and sixty two cents to ship it. And you use that code, and I'll still ship it to you because I want you to read Grayson's work, or G.C. Axelrod. Axelrod. I just spoke to his dad this morning, as a matter of fact, because we knew we were going to talk about Grayson's book, and I wanted to know, does Grayson have any upcoming events? And he actually does. For those of you that live in the Catawba Valley area, Grayson Sigmund will be selling his book at the uh, St. Peter's Lutheran Church in Conover, on Saturday, December 2nd, there's a, a winter festival. So feel free to come out on December 2nd and join St. Peter's. Or, of course, order it from our website. Yeah, you can order it from our website. And we will keep you abreast on these type things on our social media, on Facebook and the like, of when our authors are appearing live and in person. So all you have to do is kind of check that. And uh, can you set up an RSS feed that has Red Hawk publications? I do, and I have. So things will pop up. Um, Just so that you guys know, as we were chatting, I went through our pipeline for 23. It looks like we'll be at about 32 books by the end of this year. That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. Because it isn't quite as frenzy of the year as 2022. But in those, what did you say, 30? 32, give or take. take, um, Y'all mentioned the... um, G.K. Axelrod book. Mm-hmm. What's some others that came out this year that you want people to have a second look at? Any? Because I got one. I go, got ahead, the, go ahead. Uh, uh, Pat Viles, I Choose the Eagle. Now, oh, yeah, for sure. Now, that was a, we had, there was a big uh, splash of that at the Hickory Museum of Art this past summer. Mm-hmm. But I just talked to her, and she's sending out copies because she's got people that go through her that want to know about her art. Because I love the way it's titled. I Choose the Eagle, A Lifetime with Friends in Art and Travel. And it really is a kind of a travel log. Mm-hmm. This is my experience as an artist. She's got people all over the U.S. and over the world because she shows in Paris, she's shown in Japan, she's shown all over the place, who want a copy of the book to say this is how she derives her art. Mm-hmm. And um, it's, I mean, we're actually technically sold out of it right now, but we'll be getting more copies in. And it's a great book, and it's also got color and shows her art as well as her words. And so it's kind of one of those that, I'm very proud that we did that one this year. Yeah. Do you know how she got the I Choose the Eagle title? Tell us. Did she tell you that story? I'm I'm trying to remember it off the top of my head. I'm going to have to paraphrase it. But evidently there was a teacher that was very her mentor and she loved dearly. And the, she was afraid to go forward. And the teacher said, gave her the story about the eagle. And she said, uh, you could choose the eagle or you can choose something that was, you know, very safe. And she that's the reason she said, I chose the eagle. And, and that's one of our two memoirs. The Dr. Jones book is a memoir, and so is Pat's. So both of them are great reads, a real insight into the personality that we're talking about. And actually, uh, Patty and I were looking it up this morning. There's a new film coming out on Bayard Rustin, who was a civil rights pioneer, who knew Dr. Jones, uh, the Obamas, I think, are, are uh, producing the, the film. It's going to be on Netflix. Mm-hmm. And um, Dr. Jones knew 
Barrett Rustin, because he mentions him almost a dozen times within the book. We looked it up on the index. On the index. Thank you, Matt. <laughs> we had an index. It came yeah. in handy. That's what I was going to mention, too, about before we move from Pat Viles. Pat Viles' project is a perfect example of what goes on inside this program. Uh, how many months was it that you worked with Miss Viles to get her material into uh, oh, it was over a year. Yeah, I mean, it was a good long time. But you know, it, the interesting thing about it, and when I talked to her, she she brought it up that the only reason that we she did that with us is because Leroy Lael had done his bio with us, and she had talked he. He knew she was writing a book, and he told her, well, go see the folks at Red Hawk. She says, I have no connection with the folks at Red Hawk. And he says, but I do, and introduced her to us. So it really is that networking thing of you, you can – that's one way to get your product before us, but we also do. I mean, cold. How many how many cold calls have you gotten from people who want to produce? Oh gosh, at least two or three a month. I'm getting emails and phone calls from people that just randomly hear from us, and then we probably get two or three a month that friend of a friend or referral. Yeah, and know? then and then Pat did the hard work. Yeah, oh yeah, of writing her text, so she had to sit down and write her chapters. She did the the extraordinary hard work of going through her pictures, going through her images, choosing what she wants wanted to use, getting those to us where we could scan them and make them perfect. Then I did the initial layout and you know which was okay. Pat said, okay, change this, change this change. But then that's when Melanie came to work for us and I said, I would like to see your take on this because Personally, I'm just not quite satisfied with what I did. Then Mel took it and was able to make an entirely different book out of it. Worked magic. So yeah, yeah. and and also worked magic with the client because she and Pat just hit it off because they've both got artistic uh, flavors about their personality and their their imaginations. So that's one that I was very happy that there's none of my work in that book anymore. <laughs> And that demonstrates how, how it kind of I mean, happens. Maybe a little bit. But. It goes through different incarnations. We look at it. Yeah, that works. That doesn't work. And we take it the next step, next step, next step until we get it. What we feel is right. We and the client feel is right. And that's when we put it out. Because that's what's the most important thing is the most important thing is not what the writer writes, but what the reader reads. And we want to make sure that the, that the, that the product will will be important for the client as well as the reader. And the book is very is much more reader friendly than it was. And uh, God, Melanie, how many rewrites mm. and how many revisions did we go through? Probably on that five. Yeah, five or six. Yeah, because and, and mostly as she had duplicated stories, she was telling stories, and then she'd go into another chapter on down the line and repeat the story and things like that that we had to kind of fix it. So. so we took out some redundancies. We moved some things around. We edited the photographs to make them a little bit brighter because they print darker. Um, when we print the image, it'll print darker. So we got to bring it up a little bit, exaggerate yeah. it a little bit. And one of the things you have to remember, listeners out there, is is the print-on-demand system uh, color is more expensive than it is if you're using offset. You're printing, you know, ten thousand copies of something instead of just a hundred. So, you know, we need to get the biggest bang for our buck when it comes to color. So, <laughs> Melanie is very, very good at guessing what the printer's print shop will put out. So she can then adjust on our end 
to make things pop better, look better. And that's very, very important, too, because uh, you want everything to look as good for the reader as it possibly as you possibly can. Yeah, two things about that. Paul Masson and New York University. New York University, we were talking about early today. Is Paul Masson like that wine? That wine, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. but, and I'll get to that. But you New York got, University <laughs> sells, because of color and that sort of thing, some of their books sell at what we would consider exorbitant prices mm-hmm. that we don't charge. But the Paul Masson reference is we will sell, just like them with wine, we will sell <laughs> no book wine. before it's time. Yeah. yeah, well, that's true because we have, we have pulled things off of the schedule and moved things back. Uh, before because we just it just doesn't set well with us so we will pull it off the schedule send it back to do something else go back to the writer um, I don't think Miss Barron is done yet when it comes to you know the actual text of that book mm-hmm. I think we, we we help her make that a better book a better story uh, we've got uh, G. C, excuse me, C.L. Willis. Cecil Willis. Cecil Willis. Yeah, yeah. His book is right now with all the readers yeah. with a proof. Uh, it's called Hillbilly Odyssey. It's kind of an action reaction to Hillbilly Elegy by uh, J.D. Vance. J.D. Vance. Uh, what else have we got out there? Well, we've got quite a few to come. Yeah, um, I was going to ask what we've got in the cooker for oh, 24. It's amazing. And and it's not that I want to ignore my hindsight because we've done some amazing things. But what's to come is what's getting me super excited. Mm-hmm. And Cecil's book is certainly one of them, um, The Hillbilly Odyssey, because the buzz has been. And this is interesting. He submitted that book to us maybe a year ago. And the readers, our professional readers, liked it, but there was something quite missing, just a little something missing. We sent it back to him and said, please resubmit. And he he did the work, hired an editor, uh, and resubmitted it. And the the readers remembered it, and they're like, he nailed it. Um, This is, you know, especially for folks around here that live close to Appalachia or they've got Appalachian roots, they really dig what he's saying. It's a memoir about his resilience of being brought up in a small mill town. But it is a reaction towards J.D. Vance's Hillbilly Elegy. So I think it's going to resonate a lot with our readers and folks that live in this area that might have taken a little umbrage at J.D. Vance's book. Uh, so we're super excited about that one coming out. And it, it should be out maybe in the next four to six weeks, perhaps, perhaps. Maybe we'll hold it till early January after the holidays, but we're expecting good things from that one. Yeah, we've got a pretty robust spring coming up with a lot of works that are coming around that are in their final stages of getting ready. Yeah, uh, Les Brown's book of short stories is one that's coming out after the first of the year. He uh, he decided to uh, to release it in early 2024 because he wants to be able to hit all of the awards for 2024 and also have something to go into the spring with. And then he was even planning all the way out into the next holiday yeah. with his book. Um, um, I just can't, I can't remember the name of the thing. Oh, Bri- uh, Iron Bridge uh, Sundays I, yes. and other stories. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Folks out there, my memory is going. Cause oh, I'm look, I got my cheat sheet. I got my cheat sheet. But you know what's interesting? I'm slowly drifting into dementia. We, we as actually, we, speak. we actually had uh, Les Brown and Joyce Brown uh, review Cecil's book, um, Hillbilly Odyssey, because we know that they both, you know, uh, Les is from Linville Gorge. He's from the mountains. And they dug Cecil's book so much that Les actually blurbed it. Yeah, that's right. 
And we see a collaboration possibly between Les and Cecil because both of them will have books coming out around the same time about the same kind of subject matter. So that could be some really wonderful opportunities for those two gentlemen to kind of tell their story. And I see Joyce uh, playing banjo in the background. That's me. And and <laughs> speaking of Les again and, and the Ironbridge Sunday, we just added uh, about 16 uh, instances of Les's folk art to the book. He's illustrated some of the stories, and it's basically just number two pencil on you know uh, a pad, and then we scan those and fix them up, and they're going to be in the book too. So all the little artwork that's in the book belongs to Les as well as the text. So that's going to be exciting to see how that turns out. And speaking of uh, collaborations, we got a good one coming up between two of our mm-hmm. authors, uh, well, author photographer, between Scott Owens and uh, Joe Young. Well, yeah, that's a pretty book. That's, yeah, that's got a, some nice photographs nice in there. That's coming out real soon, too. In fact, it, it should be here November 20th. And you can pre-order it on the website right now. And Just you, in time for your Christmas shopping. And it's, a, and it's a $30 book. And if you use that fall 23 code, you will save 25% and get it for $24. I thought it was 35 uh, well, that's going to be the retail. Oh, we, so special, special. Yes, mm-hmm. we are special, special here. Nice. Because nice, we're nice. trying to get it into people's hands. There you and go. It's, and it's full color, and it is wow. high-quality paper. Uh, it's a trade paperback, 8.5 by 11, and it is filled with poetry and photographs showing love for Catawba County and the surrounding area. Mm-hmm. So if you are from Catawba County and the surrounding area, you will know exactly where these photographs were taken. And our own Melanie Zimmerman laid it out uh, with special instruction and oversight by Clayton Joe Young. Clayton Joe Young is in my office. <laughs> Standing over her shoulder going, nudge that just a little a bit. A famous photographer was in my office. <laughs> if you can't afford his photographs, get the book, folks, and he'll sign it. Yeah, so will Scott. Um, yeah. And Scott will have it for sale, as well as our website. Scott will have it for sale down at Tasteful Beans because he'll he'll have copies of it down there. Um, Where a number of Red Hawk publications are available. Yes, if you want to see them in person. There are quite a few of them down there. Um, There's another book that um, I'm not sure when it will be released, but Mel, you've been working with Harold Humphrey. I have been working with Tell Harold. Because this is this is new territory for us. The book it that is. you're working on. Yeah, yeah. Um, Harold has written a songbook, and he's used his original artwork, and this is all original music and all his, his words and everything. And he's he's included all the chords, and um, he's recorded thirty of them for me, so we can put it. Um, Robert suggested we use YouTube instead of trying to house them somewhere. And so you can listen to them and even play along That's with, so awesome. with him. And uh, my husband Dave's a musician, and he's going to go back and re-record them um, and and see what we can do with them as well. So, But they're really easy. I mean, I learned how to play ukulele three years ago, and I can play them on the ukulele. Aww. There are very few four-finger chords in this, in this book. Mm-hmm. So I saw it as a spiral-bound book, but Harold wants it to be perfect bound-bound like, you know, all of our books are bound. Um, but it's a really nice... And it's accompanied also by art, is that right? Yes, it's all his original artwork that he has in there, and uh, it's all going to be indexed, so you can find... Um, the artwork's going to be indexed in the back, and the uh, it's got a table of contents in it to all the music. And we've is, talked about some performance opportunities with this too, right? Yeah, and we've we've also talked about bringing him in and us doing a, a video 
you know, like doing a podcast, but we would have it on video. A video podcast. And uh, But when he does his book signing in at uh, Tasteful Beans and wherever, um, we're looking at doing some some performances there as well. Wow. What is the musical style of his songs? Um, it's almost like he's, it's country, almost. It's not rock and roll. It's very, very easy music. It's not. But John, it's, John Prine? Uh, uh, somewhere along in somewhere there. In yeah. Americana. Yeah. Neil Young kind of. Yeah. Um, a so lot a little of folky. A little folky. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, that's what I was thinking because okay, I was thinking, great. you know, like Pete Seeger and that kind of thing, okay. that kind of music. Americana. Terrific. Yeah. yeah. And when you meet Harold, he comes from that generation. And you get that vibe from him anyway because the first time I saw him, he had on sandals. And it was like, that's unusual for <laughs> me to me meet some somebody. Old, and let he, me some old hippies. He's like me. <laughs> <laughs> the thing about Harold also, for those in the Catawba Valley area, you are probably familiar for, uh, familiar with him for his artwork. And he's a, he's well known as being a, a premier sculpturist. Mm-hmm. So I had no idea that he was also a musician. Naturally, of course, he's an artist, right? So I think for folks who are familiar with his artwork, now learning this other artistic aspect of him and being able to not just see his music and, and hear his music, but also to see his art. Once again, it's it's a full loaded book. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's an interesting point you make because we are seeing artists stretch into new areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, think, take Fieli. I mean, I know he and Dennis had done uh, theater before, but for Fieli to do his book and then premiere at HCT and uh, the Green Room when he came during the Art of Compassion shows them kind of stretching other, into other genres that you might not normally think of. And I guess Harold's uh, a good example that too. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's something that he's just piddled around with. It's, um, well, to use an example, we watched an interview with Kiefer Sutherland, and you would never know that he had his own country band. Um, he's a movie star, he's a TV star, and all this other stuff, but what he likes to do is play music, and he has a band, and he goes around and plays these small clubs and stuff. And I think Harold uses it to um, put another aspect, another look at his poetry is to put it to music, and you know, because you could read them as poems. I'm you know, sure. I, I and I've, I have read them as poems. Um, Mike Walkup, who again, local legendary musician in town, um, he is interested in doing something similar. So I'm looking forward to Harold's book kind of coming to fruition, so that. This might be the start of something with other people, you know? Yeah, because this is something Robert always talked about with the creative economy in that there's how many billion dollars worth of that a year? I don't know, oh, it's six like or seven. Seven billion in North Carolina alone. And so it stretches, you know, poetry can become lyrics, which can become, you know, um, uh, photography, drawing, mm-hmm. all this other stuff. And I think having a publisher like what we do gives people an opportunity to explore that. Yeah, and, expand. and we give them that avenue. Um, plus, it doesn't cost them anything. They're, you know, if they're not actually losing anything by investing their time and energy into this project, they they're going to gain a whole lot, and we gain a lot from it too. Because, you know, some of their poems can are inspirational. You know, they make us feel good about ourselves, and for us to be able to share that and to share that with them, and plus we. We gain a new relationship, you know, like with Pat and, you know, Harold and Howie Good in New York with Frowny Faces, you know. I've, Terry, I just, you know, she's now a, a new friend, so to speak. And it's just my viewpoint of it is, is when I meet an author, 
I want to do the best thing that I can do for them because I care about what happens to them. And we all care about what happens to them and what their product looks like and everything. And then it just becomes someone that's in our lives now. And we have, We've created family. Yeah. We really have. And it works with family, too, because Terry Barr was an early exactly. author for us. And now yeah. his wife has Nip, a beautiful yeah, book. Yeah, Nellie Barr, his wife, has written a children's book called My Buddy, My Body, My Buddy. Mm-hmm. And it's about her, her dog, Max, and how he listens to his buddy, his body. And we were able to put her with a local artist, what I call a scratch artist nowadays, because Robert Russell uh, begins his work with a pencil on a piece of Bristol board. And uh, it's it's almost been a year ago that we started this, and now we're in the second proof. It's a beautiful book. Uh, Rob's is. artwork is hilarious. Uh, it's it's caricaturesque, and uh, the, what Nilly has done is basically the narrative is by Max. And my granddaughter, when she read it, she says, "I just love how that sounds. That reads like how a dog would talk." Yeah, it does. <laughs> she says, we've "I always just, wondered that." Yeah, she says, "I just know that that's exactly how a dog would talk. The dog would talk. My mommy and my daddy remind me that I don't only need fuel from food, but I need fuel from love because the heart needs fuel just as much as the body." You know, and, and my granddaughter's going like, "That's so sweet." You know, so this is going to be a really good book. And it's again, educational. Yeah, and yet it's from the perspective of a dog, but it can teach you. By the way, it taught me. <laughs> I should be more concerned about food as fuel, not you know, like good times. And and one of our one of our uh, most successful writers, uh, Jonathan Howard, he's working on a children's book of the same ilk about mm-hmm. teaching children about the brain. And we've paired him with a local uh, artist, the same fella, Nick Forte, who worked with uh, Grayson. With with Grayson, Grayson on yeah. his comic. We paired him with Nick Forte, and now Nick's uh, working with him to illustrate that book. And that one's going to be called Brains for Babies. And initially, Robert and I were like, are you kidding me? But then when Jonathan, like, he gave us the concept, he sold us. They're actually going to be using real brain scans that Nick is going to create illustrations around. So, again, very um, educational, and I I know the parent that will buy this for their toddler. (laughs) But at the same time, it's hilarious because there's there's one there's one page in the in the in the markups that uh, that uh, Nick did that's got this big giant brain with these big buggly eyes inside of a control room with these tentacles because he, Howard had written about how the brain controls all of this system the functions uh, and, yeah and inside and this thing is like this nightmare of a tentacled brain pressing these <laughs> buttons and I'm going like yeah that's exactly what my brain looks like <laughs> all these tentacles and crap going on right there. So. Mine's taking shots and smoking cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> just, just like this podcast, you never know where this stuff will go. <laughs> Brains for, for people in their 60s. That, that book comes next, Jonathan. Yeah, well, that goes back to the old hippies thing, so we're tying all this all this stuff together. Yeah, yeah give me one of those gummies over there. <laughs> <laughs> but so, there's, we got the Manili Bar book, we got Jonathan Howard working on his. And uh, let's not forget the Grand Poobah and Big Kahuna. 
Richard, you got a lot coming up, so why don't you give us a little breakdown on this? I want to give a plug to a new author who um, has collaborated on a book with me by the name of Claudia Ward. She she sounds interesting. (laughs) You know, I find her so. That's what you did. Yeah. Is that that woman we threw out of here one day (laughs) because she was hanging around? Is she the one that redlines all your books? Yes. (laughs) Well, she redlines books in in the library. <laughs> I'd have three dozen out right now if she hadn't redlined. Um, she actually was very good to help me on the furniture book go through it and you know say this don't make any sense. You gotta you gotta make make this make sense. And so uh, after that, I began writing on the second. I've got the we've got the Red Hawk Publications as the first book on the occupants of Harper House. The second is the Thorntons, and I didn't think much about them until I got into it. And it I was going to write it from the perspective of the man me being a man, um, and there was the real reason that he is as famous and in Hickory as he is is because of his wife. And so what she did was help me pull out Elizabeth, because Elizabeth, his wife, was a hidden figure. But she really is the money behind the whole thing. And so Claudia was very good in, like, saying all the time when I'm writing about Marcellus, because in typical um patriarchal fashion. We've named it Tell Us Marcellus. But <laughs> Elizabeth, because he's, he's the loudmouth, but Elizabeth is there, and uh, she helped bring her out into more of the open as much as we can, because there's no pictures on her of her. Marcellus, there's a bunch of them. So what this book is, is kind of a collaborative effort to uh, talk about a husband and wife team by a husband and wife team. So that will be coming out next year. We're doing some partnership stuff with the um, Historical Association of Catawba County. And that's not the only one. There's a guy who gave us... I'll show you how this all ties together. There's a guy who gave us a book of of two sisters who wrote a memoir from the early 20th century in Hickory, the Abernathy sisters. And... Um, we found out that there was a play written in the 1980s that Lenore and Playmakers did, adapted by Dr. Mary and Love, and we're looking at a collaborative effort on that, too. And in that book, they write about what a character Colonel Thornton was, you know, one of the mm-hmm. local town guys. So there's all these ties that we have with the Historical Association of Catawba County, including a project that will show up in the Daily Record um, of a, uh, a, a story about the, when the Soapbox Derby was here. And so we're working on some visual, maybe documentary kind of things, as well as uh, something with that. But the but to go back to the Thornton story, we're also doing that as an audiobook. So that'll be coming out next year. So we're having, you know, it's it, it's ju- it's just so much fun to stumble on these stories and go, wow, we got to tell that story. And that's what leads to the, the kind of product that we get. And we're not even mentioning, I know Tanja Smith, who has published with us in the past, she's got another book coming out. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, her dog's in New York City. We've got uh, Stuart Connolly. He was the co-author of the uh, Dr. Jones Dr. memoir. Jones, yeah. And he's got a memoir that just kind of kicked all of us in the butt. So we're looking forward to Offered in Secret. Yeah, that one will blow you away. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, there's just a lot more up on deck, and we're really excited. We are. Yeah. The Thornton stuff is very interesting because we were we were just talking earlier today about uh, the difference between something like the uh, the Jones book and We Want Them Infected by Jonathan Howard, these things that sell thousands and thousands of copies, and then we have things that we do because we're interested in the academics of it. And, you know, with the Thornton book, we're going to have, we've already got the original, the publication in our library of the original 
Lady in New Orleans, which yeah. you can get that on our website or on Amazon right now. Then we're going to have Mel has worked <laughs> slavishly <laughs> to uh, bring us my buddy and my buddy and I. My buddy and I. It's a sweet book. It is a nice little book. And we're going to have that available as a single title. Both then, in Harper House. Yeah. Then we're going to have Lady in New Orleans and my buddy and I as a as a in a book together along with Professor Eller's. I don't know. What are you planning on writing for it? Well, I, I got to thinking about that the other day because you know I've, I've put a, there's a whole chapter for each book in Marcel uh, tell us Marcel's, but uh, you and I had talked about doing a critical edition that uh, looks at it from a my side a historical context and your side from a liter- literary one. Yeah, and any other academy people out there who might want to get involved in this, let us know. If you're an English teacher and like to read the books and 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 write some write an essay, uh, please so. Same thing with his. You know, history teachers, anybody who might be interested in it, will have that available. And we've also got in our that we have we have an, the original manuscript, manuscript yes. of the Lady of New Orleans in Marcellus Thornton's hand, yeah, um, fountain pen hand, long hand. And we're yeah. going to include pictures of that. We're going to include instances of that and talk about that as well. So, you know. This is a dude that lived here in Hickory, in Harper House, at the turn of the 20th century, who wrote these two books right here. They're about the area. They take place in the area. Uh, they they kind of reflect what life was like around here back then. So if you want to know what this area was like back then, there's no better way to do it than immerse yourself through this man's fiction. And these things are, are iconic as something to study through the academy. I mean, things that wind up in libraries as reference books, just like uh, uh, Well Crafted, which, uh, by the way, your your wife, Claudia, she goes after my marketing heart because she was screaming at you to break that book into two volumes mm. instead of selling the big yeah, doorstop we're selling. Yeah. And I was that thinking was my own ego on that, that, might have been a, that might have been a better thing because I could have then gotten maybe $20 out of each one and yeah. got 40 instead of 35 yeah. so. Well, you know... <laughs> and worth every bit of it. Up that, the Thornton, the, the Thornton book, and you doing the the collaboration thing with the history and the uh, literature, you know, the Thomas Dana Jr. Mm-hmm. Uh, fund could be an option for you to have that sticker on the front of that book. And uh, you know, the Thomas Dana uh, Jr. Fund gives scholarships to our students, and then also allows us to be able to select authors and give them this designation that they're part of the series of that book series and And help provide funding and you can also donate to the thomas thomas uh, dana Dana jr scholarship by getting in touch with catawba valley community college's foundation Mm -hmm. yes you can contact jennifer jones at the foundation and she can or hit us up yeah or you can contact us as a matter of fact um in the description of this podcast i'll have some information on how to contribute to the foundation yay so that will help folks there. And, and, of course, if they want to give an extra nickel to us, we're not going to complain. Well, no, no it'll, complain. it'll help fund future books like the Axelrod book. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we've been yakking for about an hour. Has anybody got anything else they want to cover? 
All minds clear. Uh, I'm, clear. I'm just excited about 2024, guys. I know we yeah. bought. I know we forgot something. Gonna be our we best always year. do forget something. Hey, we'll do a podcast on it. But yeah, if we if we <laughs> forgot you out there, please let us know, and we'll do a podcast. We're going to try to put together something with Joe and Scott Joe Owens and Scott. for round here. We'll get that before the end of the year. That'd be really nice, guys. Yeah, okay. and we'll be able to do that. But uh, otherwise, thank you so much out there for listening. And if you have any commentary, feedback, or anything like that, where you get your podcast, you can contact us. Make sure you, what is it, Patty, you say about clicking? Oh, please make sure you follow, like, share, and subscribe. There you go. I knew it was something. So out there in podcast land, for Patty Thompson, Melanie Zimmerman, and Richard Eller, this is Robert Knipe saying, Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. Thank you so much for listening. Take it easy. Red Pub Pod. This is Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. Red Pub Pod. A podcast. Red Pub Pod. From Red Hog Publications. Red Pub Pod.